Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Now, I know I say this a lot, but I am super, super excited for this episode today because we've got a guest on the show today that I think is going to demystify some of the things that I've been questioning and many of you have asked me about, and that's the role of blockchain in real estate. And I've been watching our guest today, Michael Flight, for a while. Michael and I met through a group called the Real Estate Guys. I was in the mastermind and Michael was in the mastermind. And um, I've just been watching him ever since then. And not only is he a genius when it comes to real estate investing in general, he's got a big track record, which we can touch on some, but he is really one of the guys that are leading the charge when it comes to the blockchain and the tokenization of real estate, which I've been super excited about for a lot of different reasons, because I think if there's any industry that needs to be disrupted, well, there's a lot of them, but this is one of them because, you know, when we think about title insurance and when we think about how you know, cumbersome it is to to transfer our real estate. One of the reasons why we love real estate is because of its ability to leverage and 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 really just have an asset that appreciates. But one of the things that I don't love about real estate is that it's not very liquid. And I just think that there's so many reasons why blockchain is really going to disrupt a lot of this. And so we have one of the four most leading experts that I know of at this point in time, um, who actually has an event coming up too, which we'll talk about. And I'm just super excited to get into this because I know this is the future and we've got somebody that's leading the way here. So Michael, I appreciate you being on the show. And Mike, thanks for inviting me. I mean, uh, I'm really looking forward to this as well because, you know, we're friends and, you know, we used to hang out and have a great time together and uh, looking forward to more of those. Well, me too. And man, I, like I said, I've been excited about this for a while and I've got people that ask me questions about it all the time. And I have a I have a theoretical viewpoint, but you've got an actual viewpoint and you've even got some, you know, some uh, success and some challenges that you've worked through. So I'm excited to get into that. But before we do, um, and I'm going to probably make this shorter today because I really want to get into the nuts and bolts of this, but who's had the greatest impact on your life? Uh, I would say my parents, uh, probably especially my dad. Uh, My dad died in in 1986 though, but uh, you know, the... I, I still have his how to win friends and influence people, Dale Carnegie, that I think he got, you know, when he was, it, it's probably from like the 1950s, early 1960s. So, uh, but both my parents and, you know, then I want to say, you know, Jesus Christ. I love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so great. And um, I, I resonate with that. So um, second question, what was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Um, I've had a few failures. So when you, you know, claim that I was a investing genius, that's, uh, incorrect. We've, we've, uh, always repaid our investors and always repaid our loans, you know, over the last 30 years, but, uh, uh, investing genius, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And sometimes the market bails you out. Uh, I, I would say one of my biggest failures to, to date, uh, is still, we were, um, uh, buying portfolios of houses uh, after 2008 crash. And, um, you know, 
I, I trusted, uh, our contractor and we got out way too far ahead and, um, you know, overpaid him on the stuff because he was a brother of, of my partner. And, um, uh, I ended up having to like cover most of the losses so that the investors wouldn't. So, uh, that was a real painful learning lesson. And, uh, it's, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm still wary and I've always been, you know, not, uh, a, a, a I, I'm not completely trusting it, but I really, most of the time want to go into a relationship and say, you know, I feel comfortable doing business with you. I trust you and all the rest of it. And, you know, like Reagan said, trust, but verify. And I didn't do the verification and, uh, or didn't send anybody else out to make sure that the work was done. So, yeah. Well, it's arguable still that you're a genius because of that, <laughs> you know, and, and honestly, like, and that's the one thing that I love too about, you know, having conversations with guys like you, because so many people, you know, in this day and age of social media and Instagram and, and even PPMs, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Kenny McRoy always says that the prettier the PPM, like the worse the deal is, right? And so it's refreshing to hear, and this is, these really are why some of these questions are designed the way they are. Um, so I actually don't think that that takes away from the fact that you're a genius investor. I think it's probably gotten you further along. So I appreciate, you know, your honesty. And that's really where we can learn the most valuable lessons. I mean, anybody can tell a story about their success and get us all excited and, you know, sell a course. But when we have guys like you that really just, you know, share those lessons with us. And, and I love the quote that you've shared with Reagan, you know, trust but verify. Um, but it's those learning lessons, too, that I really appreciate. Well, and I also tell uh, a, a lot of young guys, I, I'm like, uh, you know, when we're, we, we've had institutional partners and we've had a lot of institutional partners. And so when we were doing some deals and, you know, we were doing shows for, you know, large private equity guys that were investing, you know, 20 to 30 million in a deal. Um, and the question would always be, why should we invest with you? And my answer was always, I don't. I'm not going to tell you that we know everything and that we've got all the bases covered. But what I can tell you is we've had enough go bad that if we can't solve the problem ourselves, we have a network of people that we can reach out to, you know, that because that's what experience is. It's just a uh, and I always also say because I do shopping centers, um, the leases when I started were very thin and now they're this thick. And that's all a bunch of bad experiences. And then somebody saying, we need to put another clause in there to cover that bad experience. Yeah. So um, you're always going to have bad experiences. It's what you do uh, to get out of them. Yeah, I love that. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that one thing be? Um, I want to say, um, it, it's not just positive thinking, but it's having a positive attitude and it's having, you know, um, the things might be going a little bit rough, but there's a way out. And, um, you know, if, if everything all goes bad, um, uh, I can always just go back and deliver pizzas or newspapers. Like when I started out in brokerage. So, you know, um, but it, I, I think it's, you know, mainly persistence and, um, it's also not only learning about the business, uh, but it's also learning about other businesses and, 
To me, the unique thing about retail real estate is you not only have to know about the real estate, but you also have to know about how all these other businesses work. Like, what does a supermarket, what do they need in a location? Um, you know, why do you need, uh, you know, how do people do most of their sales? So some people do most of their sales during Christmas. That's why they call it Black Friday when the tenants would go into the black and they'd finally be profitable. And that's right around November. Uh, there's other, you know, things that uh, like shoe stores, they do all their business back to school. They don't do any business most of the time during Christmas, you know, because nobody gives shoes for gifts. So just learning about just a bunch of different businesses and just being aware of that and then said, oh, I need to now learn like economics and, and, and everything else. So, you know, just being constantly open to learning new things and taking things in, like just don't keep going into the real estate rut. Um, take in other stuff, take in, you know, what people are saying in, you know, oil trading right now, what's happening with, you know, the uh, issues with how are we going to feed everybody now that we close the, you know, we close the entire world down for a year. Mm. So, you know, you need to like, look at that because, you know, a lot of those things are going to affect your real estate investments. You know, that's why, again, I am just so excited to have this conversation today because you're not just another, you know, crypto blockchain guy, like you've got this background and, and you've just shared this with us. You've got a depth of knowledge when it comes to real estate. And I had no idea, like, and I never even connected the dots that Black Friday is called Black Friday for that reason. So I'm excited to talk to someone that has the experience and the depth that you have and yet is excited and has an understanding of this space that is the future that we're going into. So one last question, what is the single piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Uh, the single piece of advice, um, boy, that's hard because I, you know, a, a lot of times it's tailored to individuals. Um, I want to just say, read a lot, um, listen a lot, learn a lot. Um, for younger people, a lot of times I say, try to keep your mouth shut a little bit more. And I was guilty of this. I, you know, wanted to, you know, put myself out as an expert when I was 25, <laughs> you know? And I realized I really didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, so, you know, just listen a lot, um, but also, you know, be be skeptical and, you know, don't take everything that, you know, uh, and I, I've told this because people have said, you know, like you said, I'm a genius. Other people said I'm a guru. And it's like, I'm not a guru. I'm not the guy that's going to say, you know, do this, this and this. Um, be skeptical of people that are gurus. Um, take everything with a grain of salt. Look through it with a filter and, um, you know, oh, it, this is my biggest piece of advice. OK, uh, don't watch the news and your life will be so much happier. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. You know, before we move on to the crypto thing, just, you know, maybe a maybe a three minute overview, if you could, um, because you have a So a lot of my audiences, um, they're already investors and they're, you know, invested in a lot of different real estate assets. But a lot of people are aspiring too. So I feel like I would be missing something if I didn't ask you your opinion on retail centers, etc. And, and the future of that. What, what are you feeling and thinking? I uh, I feel the same way that I I felt about it in um you know 2019. Uh, there's always going to be a situation where people need to physically go and get something. Um, and the other thing that most people don't think about is that Amazon is probably one of the largest uh, lessors of space. So they're either leasing industrial space 
or they're also opening up Amazon Fresh stores. They're opening up Amazon bookstores. They own Whole Foods. Um, so they've realized that they need a physical presence. Um, you know, Walmart is online. They're pickup. They're also they have a store. I think within like close to. I want to say it's 85 to 90 percent of the population can drive, you know, a half hour to get to a Walmart store. Um, So there's always going to be a need for physical contact. And, um, you know, I'm not like a huge believer in the metaverse, although uh, I grew up in a time where, um, you know, our main business was if you wanted to know about a market, you had to get on a plane or drive down there to take a look at it. And nowadays, you can look at everything on Google Maps, but you still don't get a flavor for being in person. And uh, the other thing is, I'm going to say, go to live events uh, because you sitting on a Zoom screen and you thinking that you're going to meet somebody, it, it doesn't happen the way it does. If you're in a live event, you just happen to be passing somebody, you go and say hello to them, and it turns out that you know they're your next partner or they've got, you know, uh, $8 million that they need to plug a hole and, you know, you can connect somebody that stuff, that magic happens in person. And I always tell people you still have to live life in person. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Well, um, you know, normally we wouldn't talk about stuff like this till the end of the show, but I want to make sure that um, you've got this crypto, uh, I guess it's not a crypto. You've got a blockchain event. You can call it, you can tell me what the actual name is, but you've got an event coming up next month. It's coming up quick. It's probably going to be a week or two after this episode airs. And you mentioned that um, you'll, there'll also be the ability for them to get the video afterwards. I am so excited about this um, that I want to make sure we share it early on in case people drop off, which I don't think they're going to because um, I think this is going to be valuable information. But where can people go to get access to this, uh, either the live event or the video? The live event is called the Blockchain Real Estate Summit, and that's blockchainrealestatesummit.com. And they can sign up there. It's an in-person event in Austin, Texas. And uh, there's also going to be an online component uh, if they miss both of those. So if you're listening to this like three months later, uh, we always we did it last year and we're going to do it this year. You can buy the um, full conference, uh, hugely discounted rate and, you know, sit through and, and see everything. Like I said, I would encourage everybody if they're you know, in the Austin area or in Texas, it's a great town, you know, um, to, to go down there and see it because we have some of the brightest minds and some of the people that are doing the most in blockchain real estate. And our main focus is not on like NFTs or some of the other stuff that you hear. Um, blockchain real estate is really about uh, the type of stuff that you do, Mike. So what we want to do is um, if people are doing syndications now, uh, if you issue those syndications as tradable shares on the blockchain, it's going to make your life easier as a sponsor, and it's going to make your life easier to communicate better and provide extra services to your investors. And you're, it's going to make your investors' lives easier. And we can get into that a, a little bit later. But that's why uh, what gets me up in the morning and what uh, I'm, I'm in a business now that has a lot of young people and I'm probably one of the guys with the most gray hair in it and I'm an old real estate dog. Uh, but I realized early on, that it's like there's something going on. And so to explain what blockchain is, uh, 
you hear about cryptocurrencies, you hear about Bitcoin, you hear about Ethereum and, and all this stuff. And then, you know, you, some of the people see that there's a lot of fraud and a lot of scams and everything else. These are legal securities. And so let's explain what blockchain is. So blockchain, just like the Internet, was instantaneous worldwide communications. So it created the ability for me and you to do this in two separate towns. Uh, we also have the ability to have people that work for us all over the world now. Um, and when you and I were both growing up, there probably was a thing called long distance where you had to pay for a long distance call. That doesn't happen anymore. And so blockchain is the exact same thing. It's a way to instantaneously transfer value assets or money currency uh from me to you with no middleman so that's the absolute great thing about it that's the game changer blockchain even if you never hear about it anymore it's going to be underneath the new financial system so just like you don't understand or i i i'm imagining you don't understand because i don't understand it you know what goes on with sending an email to somebody but there's a whole transfer protocol so and it's the same thing. You just hit send and you know it goes there. And then the person across the world gets that email like within a few seconds. This is the same thing, except that you and I, if I wanted to invest in, you know, one of your funds and say, hey, I love this great cash flowing, you know, mobile home parks and, uh, you know, fantastic stuff. And I want to get into that. And I want the appreciation. I want. I know the value, and I know Mike, who's a great operator. Um, I can just pull it up on my phone, and at some point, it's just going to be like Robinhood or Vanguard, and it's like, oh, I want to like take five hundred dollars and you know get exposure to this great new mobile home park deal that's coming up. Man, I love it. And you you had said something earlier too, and and I said this, but real estate. If there's one thing, well, there's multiple things that I see wrong with real estate. I love it for the most part, but the liquidity aspect is why people automatically go into stocks and bonds and all the other stuff. But does this not make it a little bit more liquid? I always am hesitant to like really overblow the liquidity part of it. I What I will say is that if like, for example, if somebody goes into one of my syndications um, they're stuck in it for as long as, you know, I say it's going to go. So if the market turns or something and we can't get out of it um, and they need to cash, they, they have very few options to do anything with that syndication versus with um, if your shares were tokenized and they were tradable, um, you could potentially after a one year lockup period, list those shares on an exchange. Uh, what they call an ATS, uh, and you could, you know, then sell those shares to somebody else. And the great thing about this versus a normal syndication is those shares can trade to accredited or non-accredited investors if you're in a 506C deal or a 506B deal. So that's a game changer right there. And I think it's going to bring a lot more people that haven't been able to get into some of these great deals because they're not accredited investors, but they're sophisticated investors that they can now get into a deal that's got a one-year track record. So I think it's really beneficial for you know all the investors. It's going to bring a lot more people into the industry. So it's going to you know actually help, I think, values. 
so there's a liquidity option there. You could also do what's called a peer-to-peer -peer trade. So I could say, you know, Mike, I've got, you know, I bought shares of this guy who's got this multifamily deal and, you know, my kids are getting married. So I need to like, you know, um, do something. Are you interested? And you say, oh yeah, I've been trying to get into that guy's deals and I can't. And so we just agree. Um, let's say it's $10,000 worth of shares. As long as you put the $10,000 up and I put the shares up, the trades go through automatically. There's no broker, there's nothing through. But you could also list them with a broker dealer and you could sell your shares that way. And so you get liquidity options, but the really, I, I was gonna swear, <laughs> but the really, you know, kick um, butt thing and the really thing, that, <laughs> the, the, the kick-ass thing that really, um, brings these over the top is there's protocols out there and there's um, uh, you know companies out there now that you could actually um, put your tokens into you know like a deposit them and as long as they're comfortable with the net asset value of the fund they'll lend money against it like lending money on margin to a stock. You know, I. So I've had I've got so many of these like ideas and theories in my head, but and and I want to share and ask a few of them, and and I yeah I've got no ego in this, so if I'm completely in left field, just just let me know. But just like the liquidity thing, you know, when I hear that, and the first thing that I want to address too before I ask you another question, um, you and I kind of discuss discuss this off camera a little bit. Um, what some people might be saying is, well, you know, the thing with the current syndicate, like the PPM and there's, you know, the securities exchanges involved and all that, the protection aspect, but this still exists in this, right? So a lot of people are scared of the blockchain, like who is it, what is it, et cetera, but there's still, like I still- Oh yeah, you, you're asking a great question. It's what everybody asked. So the first thing is, is like, is this crypto? You know, and what we explained is, no, these are legal security tokens. They're issued- under the same regulations as any syndication um, or any type of thing. So, uh, you know, most of them are going to be 506C, you know, and issued under that. So, you know, they're, you know, actually highly regulated. Um, you have to go through and, you know, we have to check and make sure that, you know, you're not a terrorist or you're not on a watch list or you're not from, you know, certain countries like North Korea and things like that. So it's actually a a much more regulated industry and, you know, arguably safer industry. And here's the other thing with crypto, um, you if you invest in like your Bitcoin and you lose the, you know, your whatever your password to your uh, Bitcoin, it's gone forever. With these, since they're a regulated thing and we issue them that way, um, let's say somebody steals your shares or steals your tokens or you just lose your password and can't get them back. Um, since it's regulated, it's all done through. We can, you know, as long as you prove who you are, we can go back and reissue those shares. So there's security there that, you know, the shares are there. Um and the other great thing about this in terms of liquidity, which I forgot, is um, let's say you're doing estate planning. So like I have two boys. And so what I want to do is give 30% of my shares to one boy, 30% to the other boy. And then my wife and I retain 40%. You could do that type of estate planning and it, you could do it 
with the securities and you could do it with the syndications, but it's just a lot more work. And, you know, you have to get approvals and things like that. With this, it's like boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a bunch of flexibility there in what we like to call investor options. And then to get back to the liquidity part, if it's not a huge fund, like it's not a, you know, $100 million fund or something, there might not be a whole lot of liquidity for it, just like um, in the smaller publicly traded companies in the pink sheets and, you know, on some of the other things, there's not a super amount of trading activity on that stuff either. So, you know, what's interesting though, just, and again, I'm, I'm a fan and an advocate, so maybe I see the positives in, in most of this, but even with, within that, I, I've had some deals in the past where investors wanted to get out because, you know, somebody passed away or they lost their job or they're, you know, to, to your point, even they're doing some trust planning. And, and my thing is always like, well, you know what, if I can find an, we go back to the operating agreement and if I can find an investor or if the fund is in a place to take you out, we'll get it. We'll try to get it done. Right. You want to help them out. And, and, but it's hard because you've got, you know, stuff that you have to comply with the PPM. Yeah. And then I, you know, I just see this from the perspective that you're talking about. If we know somebody wants out and and I can just find somebody that is interested in getting in and they can just go do all this on the platform and I don't have to, you know, negotiate and, and juggle all of this. The, within that though, is a question that I have for you. And I've thought about this for a while. Is it true or am I out in left field that, you know, just back to your $10,000 example, um, if somebody came into the fund at, you know, $5,000 for, for a share and they find somebody that wants to buy it for $10,000 a share, is it true that, because one of my thinkings of this has been when I think about real estate in general and just almost how lethargic and cumbersome, uh, you know, we have to wait for appraisals and, you know, get valuations. And is it, is it true? Is my thinking out in left field that if somebody's willing to pay somebody that paid 5,000 for a share, if they're willing to pay them 10,000, does that automatically come back to market? I mean, like free market versus deciding an, appraise, an appraiser decides what the value is worth? Well, I think, you know, I'm going to say that there is no efficient market out there. And so, and especially on a thinly traded thing. And so you could also have the reverse, which, you know, some sponsors might not like, but let's say somebody is getting a divorce or they have to do something for a fire sale. Um, and it's like, uh, their $5,000 share, they sell for 1000 Now, uh, what I've always said is, you know, the cash flow is the cash flow and the appreciation is the appreciation. So if somebody, I'm not going to say does something stupid, but somebody does something that um, they can't see the value in it, the, the market is going to see that. But, you know, for example, if the thing is returning a 10% return and you know, they invested 5,000 in it and sold it for a thousand. That guy that bought it or that woman or whoever that bought it for a thousand is getting a screaming deal because the cash flow is still the cash flow. And that's what I love about and I, I crypto doesn't have, you know, inherent cash flow like real estate does. Um, most stocks don't have any cash flow like real estate does. And so the only place that you can go to get regular cash flow is you're either going with a bond which, you know, you really don't get anything at the end of the day, or you go with real estate, which, you know, you not only get the appreciation, you get the cash flow, plus these are private securities. And so you get the K-1s, 
you get the benefit of all the tax benefits too, which you don't get with a real estate investment trust. Cause that's the next thing I get. It's like, why wouldn't I just invest in a real estate investment trust? Well, real estate investment, and I am not an accountant. I am not an attorney, so I'm not giving any type of advice whatsoever. Yeah. But in a real estate investment trust, those dividends are taxed as you know regular income. So it just gets added on top versus if I invested in one of Mike's deals, um, I not only would get that beautiful cash flow and I know I get the appreciation because I know he knows what he's doing, uh, but I would also get some of that cash flow sheltered by depreciation and anything else that you know you're doing. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, well, and just on that thread too, I've been thinking about this. Like, let's say a group of us, let's say a hundred of us want to go buy a beach house and, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollars. And so I just think of it from, if all of us put a thousand in and it was tokenized, um, that's kind of where my brain just, you know, I mean, rather than like a timeshare, you know, I own a houseboat on Lake Powell, like you could even do it with that. And, and that's where my brain just comes back to kind of like the free market, because they're not building more beach houses in there. So not necessarily just even from a syndication or our traditional investments. But, you know, I can just see where people could get not necessarily to stay in, but they could get a piece of an investment property in Miami Beach that they wouldn't normally be able to get to. And I think the thing that really I don't know. Again, I just, at the end of the day, waiting on appraisers and, and, you know, the, the, I guess just some of the logistics that's involved with that and who decides what a property's worth, especially when a market's climbing or when a market's dropping. And I just think being able to bring some of that. And like you said, whether it's a, whether it's a positive or a negative, just bringing some of that back to the free market versus, you know, banks and appraisers deciding what something's worth. There's just an, like part of me that gets excited about that. Yeah. And I still think you're going to have, you know, appraisers involved with it. Um, and, you know, there's the, the benefits of real estate is that you can leverage it. So there's going to be, you know, finance involved with it. A lot of this, you know, the banks might go away because the banks might decide, oh, I don't want to loan on, you know, like, for example, you know, when you started out in the mobile home business, who was lending on mobile homes, very right? True. Very true. Yeah. So, but it's an out of favor asset class. Well, you know, with this, it's like, maybe there's like a ton of people in Turkey, Argentina, and uh, Venezuela that don't like their money, you know, and they know that, uh, if they hold their money, that their money is going to be worth like 50% less the next day. So why wouldn't I put my money into a lending fund that lent into, you know, high quality mobile home parks in the United States? Uh, not only are they getting the cash flow and they're getting a return and, you know, their it, their assets are not locked up for a long period of time uh, because with non-U.S. investors, it's only a three month, you know, waiting period. So they can park their money for three months um, and they can use this basically like currency and switch in and out of it. Um, but it's a store of value. And that's why I didn't understand Bitcoin because I went to a public school, so I don't do math. <laughs> and, and so I couldn't understand what was going on with Bitcoin. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just tie it to real estate? you know, or tie it to gold or something like that? Why wouldn't you just tie it to a real world asset? And so that's, you know, from like 2018, you know, what I've been trying to do. It's like, I want to do something where people could put their money into it, that they're not throwing, they, they don't have to put their money into a bank. They don't have to put their money into a money market fund. They can put their money into quality real estate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I both are preaching to the choir that it's like, 
the world's best creator of wealth and generator of wealth is real estate. Mm -hmm. So that's what I know best. And I'm a firm believer that this is going to open up all kinds of sound money options for a lot of people. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I have one last random question that I've been thinking about for a couple of years now. Well, but to to get back to your timeshare thing, I think with tokenization, um, not only what you just said, 100 people can buy into that, um, but I think at some point, you know, you could potentially even like rent, you know, a property uh, and just pay for it and have the keys delivered, have the unlock code and everything. And you, you might be able to even rent it by the hour because with this technology, it gets rid of a lot of the paperwork, a lot of the friction so that those things, those micro payments and everything else can just like. So but there's people like a lot smarter than me that are figuring out all kinds of, you know, stuff that you're just going to be amazed as what happens. Yeah. Well, and and this is a different thread, but just even on that, like, obviously, what I'm super excited about is the fact that you're kind of again, I'm going to say leading the charge. I don't, I don't personally know very many people that are doing this um, or are this far along, but like even, have you heard of Gary V's restaurant in New York that he's opening? Yeah. Wow. You know, that whole concept when you're talking about being able to get the keys and rent and I've got a, a good friend and mentor, Chris Harder, that I think bought one of them, but I don't know. It's like, it's a certain amount of hundred thousand dollars to get like this membership. And the only way you can go eat at this restaurant is if you have the NFT and yeah, you have the NFT. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's a whole other side of it. So here's my random loaded last question. And then I'll kind of kick it back to you. Um, I've been thinking about this for a while when I close on a property and I have title insurance and we have, you know, liens and things that were paid off 10 years ago, but never got dealt with because, and then we're dealing with these ancient courthouses all over across the country with recordings and, Am I wrong in thinking that if you developed a, a retail center, you know, five years from now from the ground up and you bought a piece of raw land and 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 you got that title cleared from the last hundred years, am I wrong to think that you could at some stage we could we could title everything through the blockchain and not need title insurance, et cetera? You know, I think the best thing in real estate that could happen is all the title goes on the blockchain because it's this immutable thing everybody can look at it and instead of being in you have to go into a recorder's office and look at physical documents you know or look through microfiche or look through you know thousands of you know hours worth of pdfs to to make sure you know one thing um what i am going to say is that'll probably be the last thing to happen Um, and I, I'm, this is the one part where I'm not going to be optimistic on because it's like, number one, there's an entrenched title, you know, a a, a title industry. Um, so unless the title industry, you can bring them into it, which I, I believe at some point you can, um, but unless you can bring the title industry, but you also have to bring in, uh, government bureaucrats, not only in the United States and every County, but you know anywhere in the world but if you actually get that on the blockchain then you know we could actually you know if you like my house i could trade my house to you um nobody involved with it and again it's like the same thing it's the atomic swap you put up the money i put up the house it's like boom you know the keys get transferred it's done yeah so that that is the potential um whether that's going to actually happen or how long that takes, I, I'm not as um, 
optimistic that I, I really do believe that it could help a ton. Um, and there's a, there's companies out there right now, uh, like I know Millennium Title in um, Kentucky uh, is doing things not only with closing with crypto, but which I don't find very impressive. And I, I'm not saying I find their company impressive, uh, but they're also doing um, construction loan payouts and things like that. And it's all being done, you know, on blockchain. So eventually, uh, a lot of that stuff, as long as all the, you know, um, I forget what the, the, the liens and everything else is, you know, you, you show that evidence, a lot of that stuff, it's all being recorded so that, you know, going, you know, the, the, the lender knows that it, it's all done in accordance and everybody, the lender, the borrower and the contractor can all see, you know, when the payout was made, when the liens were presented and everything else. So I think it's going to, you know, help on a lot of stuff because it's just going to create better records and it's going to you know make it easier to keep those records. Yeah, I I agree 100% and and I also agree with you on you know the length of time because I, yeah every time I go to the DMV or every time I'm in a courthouse looking at, you know you look at all these government employees and and by the way I'm not knocking if you're a government employee like it's not your fault it's not your problem but I don't think anybody's incentivized to decrease government or the bureaucracy or, so I, I do see why, you know, even in the mobile home park space, you know what one of my biggest internal challenges is and has been for years, the titles of the mobile homes themselves. Okay. Because, I mean, it's a nightmare because, you know, we're in 13 different states, but okay, I can you know, is that through the DMV or how is that? How some are states are the DMV. Some states are the manufactured housing association. Some states are the county assessors and, and getting titles transferred on homes is a nightmare. Hey, that's and, an opportunity set up like a blockchain startup company for, you know, mobile home titles. Totally. Yeah. It's seriously like it comes up with my team almost you know, three, four, five times a week. And then every couple months, we're having a major meeting because, um, you know, we've got lines of credit that we finance these homes to the residents and and they didn't get transferred and somebody moved out and and sold their home to somebody without telling us. And so that it's in somebody's <laughs> name from like three residents back. Like, but when I think about, again, I'm preaching to the choir, but when I think about blockchain and real estate, um, I, man, and again, well, you're on the forefront. yeah, I, like I said, I, I look at blockchain as a way to make things more efficient, um, a, a better way of record keeping. And again, uh, the entire financial system at some point is going to be running on top of it because it's just going to be making you can transfer value that much easier. So and transferring value is is who has the title, you know, so so it's like if you can show that you have the title. Um, you might th those people actually might get higher money for their stuff because, you know, people aren't worried. I mean, I'm sure that there's some sort of, you know, downward pressure on pricing if you're never sure that somebody's going to come out of the woodwork on the title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Michael, this is um, again, I'm so excited to just have this conversation. And I think we could probably have, you know, 30 of these shows and not get all of my questions and not get all of your information and knowledge out of your head. Um, so what, I'm just going to kick it over to you now. I don't have a lot more specific questions. You've answered most of the things that's been rattling. So what are you most excited about? And I know you guys are working on a platform, which, you know, I think we could approach this from two standpoints. If I had to guess, I would probably say that 
15% of my audience is probably syndicators, investors like us. And I would guess that the other 85% are at some stage in their journey from, you know, W2 job to um, they have a few investments or, you know, maybe they're in some partnerships. But from both perspectives, you were telling me about the platform that you guys have coming up and some of that kind of stuff. And so I guess we could tackle it from, from both sides of that fence. What are you excited about, about the future of blockchain and then these platforms you have coming up? Sure. Well, um, I am very excited about the fact, and, and the reason why I initially got into this was um, I had met some guys um, that were doing a what's called an ICO, which is an initial coin offering. It's crypto. And they were out of Romania and they raised, um, they didn't know anything about real estate and they actually didn't. They, they just operated Airbnbs in Bucharest, Romania, really? and they raised like 750 to a, a million two. And, you know, I helped them out and their their white paper, you know, had the word awesome in it like 400 times. So, you know, that's one of the things we helped them out with. Um, and so I'm like, if these guys can raise this type of money and it's like this easy to do, um, think about what it could do for real estate sponsors. So that's when I started getting into it. And then I'm also concerned about financial freedom and stability and, and really sound money. And so I wanted to put together a fund. And what I know best is triple net properties. And so some of the safest properties and it's, you know, a flight to safety, everybody that knows what they're doing goes into triple net properties um during times of crisis or anything because they're just like bonds wrapped in real estate they're guaranteed by large corporations you got exxon paying you you got walgreens paying you you got walmart paying you and i at some point i think exxon is probably a better risk than the u.s government um in terms of paying on their obligations so it's like what's not to like so i tried to put together um this crypto you know with cash flow uh, and then I, you know, ran into regulations that said, oh, if I'm in the United States, I can't do this. I have to go through the regular regulations that I would normally do. So we went and started doing this and we spent a lot of attorney's fees. We spent a lot of money on accounting. We, you know, it took us a very long time because we were working with some of the best um, real estate tokenization, plat well, not necessarily real estate, but the best tokenization platforms out there. But they didn't really know anything about real estate and didn't know anything about the real estate business. So after frustrating um, times and, you know, some hard times with raising money for our own fund, uh, I was approached by somebody that said, well, you know, I'd like to put together a tokenization platform. And I said, that's kind of a, t a commodity business because it's like the technology, you just build the technology. And then um, I called her back and I said, wait a second. I said, this is exactly what I should be doing because it's so difficult for sponsors to do this and it's difficult for investors to do this. So let's try and simplify things. Let's try and make it a sponsor friendly so that the sponsor can list all their stuff. It solves a lot of their problems with investor relations. It solves a lot of their problems with, you know, CRMs and things like that. Uh, it gives them an elegant dashboard that they can go to. Um, they list all the stuff and boom, boom, boom. And then the other thing from an investor standpoint, it's like, let's put together a marketplace. So either the investor has a relationship with you or me as a sponsor and can get into these things and it's easy to do because right now the state of the industry it's a little bit difficult to get into um i think there's a lot of people 
working on those problems. And I think we've solved the problem, but there's other people that are working on it too. Because it's like, why should somebody even have to deal with a crypto wallet? Why should somebody even have to, you know, and even know what that is? Why can't they just have an account with you? Mm. And those accounts are their shares and those shares can trade when they want to. So that's the way we're setting it up. We're going about it that if you don't even want to know about crypto, you don't have to know about crypto. Um, you just have an account, you have shares. Uh, but then the other really great part about this, which you know, not a lot of people have done, is we're creating a crowdfunding platform on the other side so that investors that are just out there looking for other deals, um, they can see what you've got. And they're like, oh, I want to diversify a little bit. I want to you know, take some of the, the mobile home parks. Oh, I've, you know, kind of overloaded on multifamily right now. So maybe I want, might want to try out, you know, and, and just diversify a little bit in, um, you know, retail. Maybe I want to do geographic allocation. So that's what we're trying to put together with the crowdfunding side of it uh, for investors. And again, they have all those extra investor options. Uh, that they wouldn't normally get with a crowdfunding platform uh, or in a normal syndication. I love it, and and I have a question. Uh, so I have I have an overarching company that I'm building out called Velocity Venture Partners, where um, you know we're 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 able to team up with different types of operators. So we've got a fund ready to launch that is to acquire HVAC companies. And we've got a fund that we're working on, which is a tax fund for vehicles that we're going to give to operators on the Turo platform. And really from an investor standpoint, it's more of a tax play than anything. But for what you guys are building out is this, can we only put our mobile home parks and in, in real estate offerings? You could tokenize every one of those, or you, you could tokenize the, the like the velocity you could. So if they want like, you know, the mutual fund, they go with the velocity venture partners. Um, but you could say uh, if you, have a particular interest in you know HVAC and you guys decide to separate some of that out somebody can invest directly into your HVAC fund you know which you know flows up to velocity venture partners yeah oh thanks for answering that that's like i'm excited I, I, you know there, i think it's like um and we at, at some point want to so like my partner does bitcoin mining funds you know and she opened that up, uh, the, her latest one, like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and it's like 85% filled, mm -hmm. you know, so there's like, but it's like, why not, you know, why just, you know, stick with, I want to like be exposed to the S&P 500, which I, I think 40% of that is FANG stocks, you know, Facebook, Apple, Google, and um, Amazon, I forget what the rest of them are, but it's like, or Netflix, why, why be, like completely exposed to that when they tell you you're being diversified why not invest in actual america i mean i would rather invest in hvac guys because i know those guys and number one you know they're making bank but number two most of those guys have been just phenomenal yeah. um you know just down to earth people and so it's like i would i would invest in that fund you know 100 because i i know those guys um, know what they're doing, you know, and are are actually keeping America running. Yeah. So and you can do that international too. Man, I'm excited. So I I'm not asking for a firm commitment, but let's get you back on the show when this platform's ready to launch or is launched. Um, and I 
I would love to take one of our funds or whatever and just, you know, I mean, if I'd love to put it on the platform because this is something I've been excited about, but I don't have the bandwidth to do what you're doing and go out there and uh, team up or I haven't made it a priority. Let's put it that way. And to know that you guys are doing this, uh, man, I think you're going to just crush it. So I'm number one, I want to be a user. I want to be an investor, but I also want to put offerings on the platform because I like you um, or you probably more, but I believe in this is the future. Yeah. Well, not only that, I, I think that it's some, it, it's way too hard still. Like y- you're an operator mm-hmm. um, and you know, HVAC, you know, mobile home parks, you have like very specific things that you've got like this extensive knowledge in. Um, you don't really have to like actually learn all the rest of this stuff too. Mm -hmm. So if your life can be made easier, um, you know, and a lot of the investor relations stuff can all be centralized. And if your life can be made easier, that it exposes um, investors from other places that, you know, have never heard of you. um, You know, it's like, let's just make people's lives easier. And as I said before, oh, I, I didn't say it, but this is what I normally tell people. So I've, this is my quote. Um, financial freedom is upstream of political freedom. It's upstream of every other type of freedom. Uh, you need the right to life and you need financial freedom because if you don't have financial freedom, you will not have political freedom or any other type of freedom. So, uh, that's, you know, what we really want to build. Oh man, I love it. So if people want to get to the event, um, whether it's the online version of it or live, which is coming up, as we said, um, how do they find that? It's blockchainrealestatesummit.com. That's blockchainrealestatesummit.com. The event is in Austin, Texas. It's live and online. Uh, and it's September 23rd and 24th, 2022. And and I want to say for the record, um, Michael has not offered me anything. I'm not taking anything. I am just super excited about this event. And so, cause I don't want to come off like I'm pitching, but you know, you're one of the first people that I said early on in the episode, find the, the, the event. Um, and I want to make that clear. This is not because I have any stake or any, I'm just really excited about what you're doing in the future. Yeah. I can honestly say that, you know, Mike and I, you know, it, it just kind of had an instant friendship. Uh, I love the people that work with him. Uh, you know, uh, we met through the real estate guys and, um, I, if anybody, and I, I'm, you know, not selling them either, but if you're interested in syndication or even learning about syndication as an investor, go to one of their secrets of syndication, you know, events, but it's not only just, they, they have, they pack in a ton of education, but the people that go there, I mean, I, I would have never met Mike had I not, you know, like said, I I'm going to go and see what this is all about. Mm-hmm. So it's not only their podcast, their radio show. I, again, I'm stressing the live event thing. Um, I, I would have, yeah, I, I ended up, you know, eating lunch with you one time and we just hit it off. Yeah. Well, and I have mine and Kara's couples mastermind that same weekend, or I would definitely be there. And um, I'm, I'm definitely going to be there in the future. So uh, one more time, the website. Blockchainrealestatesummit.com. Uh, they can, you know, just do that and, uh, love to, you know, we welcome everybody and, uh, it's really there, it is a no sales event. It's really about education and we're bringing some of the people that are actually doing this and solving the problems to make it much easier for investors and sponsors. 
Well, I appreciate it and look for one of my future deals on Michael Flight's platform for sure. So any last words? Uh, I really thank you very much for, for inviting me here. Yeah, glad to have you. Appreciate your knowledge, information and what you're doing for the future of our industries. It's awesome. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.